With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. All right. All right. Welcome. This conference is being recorded. Okay. Give honor and praise to the most high God. Just thanking God. He brought us through another week. We give God all the praise. We give him all exaltations. We just thank God for being God. We thank God for being sovereign. We thank God for all he's done, all he's going to do. We have some prayer warriors here, and I just thank God for each and every one of you as we come together to pray for the nation, to pray for each other, to pray for the dismantling of the targeted program for those who know their target and those who may not know. So I'm just going to... I'll open up with prayer, and then I'll yield to my other prayer warriors to put some prayers down. And we have, we're blessed with Mother, too. She's getting her rest. God, we just thank you, God, for the privilege of prayer. We ask you to bless this lesson as we read on the book of Job, Heavenly Father, and we just learn the, the, the details of overcoming a curse. We know that the blessing is bigger than the curse, and we thank you, God, for that. We thank you, God, for biblical knowledge. We thank you, God, for biblical guidance, leadership. We thank you, God, that we have countermeasures to satanic forces. We thank you, God, that we're fully aware of what's going on, Heavenly Father, that you pulled us out of the miry clay, that we can stand because with the targeted individual program, the assault on our lives, we could be sitting, drinking up a whole bottle, doing drugs, not understanding how could humankind be this evil. So we thank you, God, that you left us the oldest book on the earth, and we can study this book, and we can learn things that we did not know before. We thank you, God, for the Bible, the book of, the book of law, history, Revelation, literature, and, and pro, uh, poetry. God, we thank you for that awesome book. We thank you, God, for the information on uh, the legal system to get better know, to know that the laws come straight from the Ten Commandments, to know that you are a God of abundance and that when we abide in you and we follow the commandments and your ways, God, it's, not, it's, it's a, um, an abundant life. So we actually, Heavenly Father, to bless this Bible study on Job as our topic tonight is the cost of being a deliverer. We're going to take a look at that, Heavenly Father, and I ask you that you anoint each and every person on this call. I call each and every prayer warrior, those that are usually here to God, that you bless them. Bless my brother Benny, Heavenly Father. I thank you, God, for just sending him in my life to be the prayer warrior that he is, to acknowledge the sovereignty for his encouragement, God, for his even his teachings on tithing and, and giving to the work of God for the advancement of God, Heavenly Father. I thank you, God, for my sister Nancy that's continuously 
praying, Heavenly Father, and I ask you, God, to continue to bless her and bless her children and her bloodline. I ask you, God, to bless my nephews. Let them be men of God, Heavenly Father. I decree and declare God's blessing on their life, that they will be men of God, that Satan will have no control over their lives. I, I ask you, Heavenly Father, I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that a hedge of protection will be upon my all the young people, my nephews, Amy's kids, Nancy's kids, Anne's children, um, Lisa's son, all of the people going through stuff, Nancy, I mean, Stephanie, her children, God, that you bless those babies, that they be covered from their head to toe, Heavenly Father, with a hedge of protection that says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper, no weapon will come near them. Father, we just, and we ask you, God, to bless our elders. We thank you, God, for our elders. We thank you, God, for Anne and her mother. We thank you, God, for my mother. I thank you, God, for the hedge of protection, the gift of longevity that you've given her. I thank you, God, for Benny's mother, God. May you bless her, keep that hedge of protection, giving her the gift of longevity. Watch over her, God, direct and lead her steps, Heavenly Father. Amy's mother, Heavenly Father, bless her in the name of Jesus. All of our elders, we thank you, God, for them. And we ask you, God, to continue to use them to encourage us to grow in the word of God. We just give you, God, all the praise. We just magnify your name. We thank you, God, for being the awesome God that you are. We thank you, God, for the privilege of prayer that we can come together. And any type of plots or plans or demonic attacks plotted against us for the upcoming week or the upcoming, any upcoming time, I please the blood of Jesus that they're broken, any curse, any harm any damages, any financial assault, I decree and declare that those things are broken and that the blessing will be as much bigger than the curse. And I ask you, God, to bless these papers as I get them into the court. Touch that judge, Heavenly Father. Touch the calls that come into that office, Heavenly Father, and turn this thing around. I decree and declare finality that this case will end, that I will never be threatened regarding license or anything else based on injustice or exploitation, uh, induced oppression. I bind and cast that stuff into the pit of hell that it came from. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare over each and every caller, listener, participant, downloader, that we will be blessed and highly favored. Number one, with good health, covered by the word of God, Heavenly Father, good health, peace, love, prosperity in each one of our lives, that we will do things on this earth to advance the kingdom of God. God, I give you the praise. God, I give you the glory. God, I just thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Nancy, you want to pray and then um and then Benny? Okay. Heavenly Father, we just come to in prayer with uh, with my brothers and sisters, Lord God, just thanking you that your word says that where two or three are gathered, that there you are in the midst. And we just welcome you, Father. We thank you so much just for this opportunity to come to you and pray. We thank you so much, Father, that we're able to take refuge in you, Father. And wherever we're, whatever we're faced with, Father, we know we can take refuge in you and that you will draw us close, hold us close to your bosom, Father. Thank you so much for this. It is what a wonderful comfort, Father, that we have in, in, in our lives and in our minds, Father, that we know that we can run to you and you'll hide us under your mighty wings, Father. Thank you so much for being God, Father. Thank you that we're able to know confidently, Lord, that you are there 
and that we have your word, Lord, that we can stand on, Father. We can believe in, Father, regardless of what is happening in our lives. We can walk in confidence and assurance, Lord, that thou art there, thou art the Almighty, Father. We thank you for your covenant, Lord. We thank you for your promises that you have in the Bible. We love you, and we thank you so much, Father, that we can stand on these things, Father, in the name of Jesus, and declare that what can man do to me? Because thou art sovereign, Lord, thou art almighty. We love you, and we thank you so much for this, Father. We we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Well, amen. Amen. Thank you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Benny. So much to say, Lord. But I'll be saying, anytime we use your words, we're going to use your quantity because it's so powerful. We just want to thank you, Father. I want my brothers and sisters right there in faith to just raise their hands and praise the Lord. And whether you're sitting down or standing up, pull your feet off the ground like you're stomping the devil and give them a black eye at the same time you're praising the Lord. Hear a just cause, our Lord, attend to our cries. To give ear to our prayer from our lips, we have deceit. For your presence, let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the light. You have tried our hearts and visited us by night. Tested us, you will find nothing. I purpose that my mouth will not transgress with regard to the work of man or the words of your rich. Please help pass your task. Our feet will not slip. We call upon you for your answer, for God and Christ in your ears. Through our words, wonderful. Wondrously show your steadfast love, our Savior, those who seek refuge from the adversaries at your right hand. Keep us as the apple of your eye. Hide us in the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who do us violence, our deadly enemies who surround us. They close their hearts to pity with their mouths. They speak arrogantly. They have mouths surrounded our steps. They set their eyes to cast us to the ground. He's like a lion, eager to tear, as a young lion lurking in ambush. Arise, O Lord, comfort him, subdue us, deliver our soul from the wicked by your sword, for men by your hand, O Lord, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. We fill their womb with treasures, they are satisfied with children, and leave their abundance into their influence. As for us, we shall behold your faith and righteousness. When we awake, we are more than satisfied with your likeness. Amen. 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 <laughs> Was that modified Psalm 37, I think, or 35? It's Psalm 17. Oh, okay. It's the most powerful prayer is just saying God's word back to him. And that's what you see that's perfect. Oh, wow, that was awesome. Thank you. Hi, Gloria. Glad to have Hi. you. Hi. Okay, good to be Hi, here. Gloria. Hi, Gloria. Hi. Gloria. We have Benny. 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 Devil of Black Eye. 
Oh yes. <laughs> yes, yes, Benny and and I got the chills now. Yes, mom, mommy wants to pray a little. I'm gonna let mother. We have the elder in the oh, house. Be ready. Come on, we fighting. Come on, mom. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Bless each and every listener, Lord. Help us to continue to recuperate and improve and scatter the beautiful word of God in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We glorify you. Bless each and every listener, Lord. You know what to do, Heavenly Father. We know a need that God both says in Jesus' name. Bless us all individually and collectively. Amen. Amen. Gloria, would you like to pray? Precious Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this gathering tonight here on the conference call. Thank you, Father, for all that you are in our lives. Thank you, Father, that you are, are even... Despite the things that we go through, Father, you are yet covering us. You are yet uh, being the strong tower um, and the refuge and the, and the covering that we need, God. Thank you for that tonight. Uh, thank you, Father, because um, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We may feel some things and we may be bumped here and bumped there, but, Father, uh, it will not do lasting effects upon us. You will heal us and you will regenerate us, Father. We believe that. We're holding on to that, God, and we just thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing and for what you're going to do. Uh, We'll give you praise. We'll give you all the glory. I ask, Father, that each and every person on this call, that you would just bless them to be strong in you, God, and to have that peace and that joy that they deserve and that they need tonight. Heavenly Father, we just adore you, and uh, you said that we are the apple of your eye. Uh, We thank you tonight, Father, and we just give you all the praise. Um, And yes, Father, cover every family member and their children, uh, far and near, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for Marion putting together this conference call. Thank you, Father, that you are doing awesome things in her life, God. You are breaking every yoke, every chain. It's being broken, God. We know it is. And we thank you for that, God. We give you all the praise in your precious holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you. The cost of being a deliverer. We're looking at it from the book of Job. And we were were studying um, the firstborn. So I'm just going to go over. Um, uh, uh, with the introduction to the firstborn, and then we'll go right into the firstborn, one of the privileges of being the deliverer. In scripture, the firstborn son inherited special privileges. The position of firstborn was a great honor and responsibility. Uh, Benny, 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 uh, on the phone, everything comes in, the background noise. I think you can hit star six or star five for muting it because we're hearing, and I know it's your phone because, you know, you're the newest one. Yeah, but it's when, I'm, when we're on the phone, all that background noise, just try to put the phone down because there's a lot of background noise, okay? You heard me, Ben? Yeah. Ben? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of background noise. Just try to put the phone down or I think it's star six. Okay, the position of firstborn was of great honor and responsibility. That's real good. Okay. 
In the absence of the father, he had authority over his brethren, as is illustrated in Genesis 37:20. Also, the firstborn or elder brother was highly respected and feared by his younger brothers. When Jacob's sons plotted against their younger brother, Joseph, it was the voice of Reuben, the firstborn, that saved Joseph from death. The firstborn also had special responsibilities, for he was accountable and answerable to the father for the welfare of his younger brothers and sisters. Reuben was very distressed when he returned unsuccessfully to the pit to to retrieve Joseph. He cried in horror, I cannot find Joseph. How can I ever face my father? Genesis 37, 29. Not only did the firstborn rank highest after the father at death, he succeeded his father as the head of the home and received as his share of the inheritance a double portion. Deuteronomy 21:15. When a man divided up his inheritance among his sons, if he had seven sons, he divided the inheritance into eight equal shares, giving two shares to the firstborn and one equal share to the others. Thus, there was a great distinction between a son and a firstborn son. Firstborns received the kingdom. Second Chronicles 21, 1-3 differentiates between sons and firstborn sons. King Jehoshaphat passed from the earth, having divided up his inheritance as follows. All his sons were given great and lavish gifts, but to his firstborn son, Jehoram, he was given the kingdom. There's a great difference between wonderful gifts and receiving the throne. The throne is for kings, and although all believers are called to be formed into kings and priests, Revelation 5.9, there are two supreme reasons a believer disqualifies himself becoming a king and priest. And priest. Read 1 Samuel 15:23. Trademarks of the firstborn, power and authority among his brethren, dignity, majesty, reverence, responsibility for younger brothers and sisters, head of the home in the absence of the father, a double portion of the inheritance, and the right of kingship and priesthood. The message of the firstborn, uh-oh, uh-oh, somebody's background noise. Background I'm noise. I'm going to mute my. Okay. Okay. The message of the firstborn is also a strong theme of the New Testament, and it is especially seen in the inspired and principles of the Apostle Paul. Christ is revealed as the firstborn of many brethren, firstborn of the creation, and firstborn over death. But then in Hebrews 12:23, Paul refers to the church of the firstborn one. In the original Greek, the firstborn is plural. Thus, there is a special group of believers who are firstborn ones among their brethren. Okay, we have looked at that. So now we're going to go straight to, we did examples of the firstborn, and um, we looked at uh, Job was the firstborn among many brethren. Alicia was another firstborn. Uh, let's see, we looked, I think, Joseph was the firstborn among the brethren. And the Levites, a whole tribe of firstborn. We had done that. Okay. And, um, did we do that? Oh, I want to stick to what I said I would do, but, wow. Oh, okay. 
Maybe I'm coming to that. All right. I want to go back to one of the rights of the firstborn was being a deliverer. Oh, the cost of being a deliverer, right. All right, Joseph was rejected by his brethren. In fact, their envy and hatred brought about a plot to kill him, Genesis 37, 18. Being rejected by his brethren was painful enough, but they hated him enough to kill him. Why was there such envy and jealousy among the brethren? It is not natural for brothers and sisters to hate and envy each other. The answer lies in the kind of home they grew up in. Jacob married several women, and there was constant envy and strife, Genesis 31 through 16. Therefore, the children had the problem of the parents. Polygamy was never blessed, not once in Scripture. Reuben protected Joseph by putting him in a pit, but in Reuben's absence, he was drawn out and sold as a slave into Egypt. Therefore, in addition to growing up in an unhappy home, he was rejected by his own brethren. He was sold as a slave and slave and exiled into a foreign country. While in Egypt, he was accused of a crime of which he was totally innocent, Genesis 39, 7 through 23. Thus, his reputation was ruined, and he was plummeted to the depth of despondency in a dungeon for about another seven years. Yet God was with him and was testing him. Mm, those tests. Psalms 105.16. Thus, we see that Joseph had to overcome a bad childhood and home life, rejection and cruelty of brethren, exile, slavery, loneliness, homesickness, sexual temptations, false accusations, imprisonment, a ruined reputation. Now, tell me, tell me Joseph wasn't a CI a ruined reputation, and many other injustices. In addition to all of those, he had to wait out long and painful delays and battle against tremendous doubt, discouragement, and despondency. Yet every injustice became his servant to move him closer to the throne. Every delay, every heartache, every difficulty was building iron into his soul for the enormous task he was called to perform. He was created to perform. Joseph fully understood that God was using every injustice to bless and exalt him. This enabled him to have a great capacity to forgive his brethren and emerge as the firstborn among all the brethren. See Genesis 45, 4 and Genesis 50, verse 20 and 1 Chronicles 5, 1, 2. Joseph, firstborn among the brethren, the qualities found in the firstborn. He overcame the scars of a bad childhood and unhappy home life. Danny, that sounds like you from what you tell me. He was able to forgive the brethren who had rejected and assisted him. He endured loneliness, homesickness, and foreign circumstances. He maintained the faith during dark times of discouragement and imprisonment. Joseph kept himself morally pure by running from temptation. He fully understood that God has a blessing in every injustice. Targeted individuals, let me read that again. He fully understood. This is what we have to understand. That God has a blessing in every injustice. If you're a T.I., that means you got a lot of blessings because there's some serious injustices if you're a T.I. 
He fully understood. This is when you're a firstborn. This means you were chosen by God for this assignment. Then you have to endure like a good soldier. Joseph lived a separated life unto God, Genesis 49:26. The Levites, a whole tribe of firstborns, which would be the targeted individuals, a whole tribe of firstborns. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel, Numbers 3.44. God's original plan was to take the firstborn sons of every tribe in Israel and make them priests unto himself and unto the nation. The blessing of being a firstborn enabled a man to have special access to God and the privilege of handling the priestly affairs of God's sanctuary. Firstborns were given special ministry unto the Lord and unto the people. That special ministerial anointing opened up an understanding of the ways of God and the word of God. Birthrights can be lost. After the shameful apostasy of the golden calf episode, however, God changed his mind, taking away the right of the firstborn from the other tribes. God gave it to the whole tribe of Levi instead. Originally, every firstborn of every tribe would have been priests unto God and the people. Instead, God revoked that birthright and gave it uniquely to the Levites, Numbers 3.6. Here we see the sale of the birthright by a whole nation. We do not know when we are being tested. Israel had come out of Egypt several months earlier. They came to Mount Sinai and remained there for 11 months. A narrative recorded in 59 consecutive chapters from Exodus 19 to Numbers 10:11. Moses went up to the mount for 40 days, and he and there he was tested. The test of delay. The test of delay. <laughs> Boy, do we know the test of delay. Israel grew restless, erecting a golden calf for their new gods. When Moses returned to the foot of the mountain and beheld their wickedness, he drew a line and demanded who is on the Lord's side. Exodus 32:1. The whole tribe of Levi quickly sided with the Lord, with the Lord and with Moses. The Lord, through Moses, then commanded the Levites to take their swords and slay iniquity in the camp. The Levites responded promptly to his command. God did not forget what happened to the bottom of Sinai. A whole nation had failed the test. The Lord was so grieved with the fickleness and wickedness of his people that he decided at the moment to take away their birthright and to give it to one tribe who honored him. God would not have a fickle, immoral, idolatrous, and rebellious priesthood. God would not give a double portion of his spirit to men who handled the sacred things of God lightly. He looked elsewhere for a godlier breed. God had observed the response of the tribe of Levi during the time of moral, de- moral declension in Israel. He saw in Levi a quality that would do the right thing, not the popular thing, when the pressure was on. Levi was willing to use the sword even on his own flesh, even on his own brethren for the sake of righteousness. There are qualities God looks for in first form. How often when something touches our own flesh or our family, we're tempted to change or bend the word of God. We cannot be a firstborn if we are unwilling to use the sword on our own flesh or if we resort to sympathy or humanism on the day's important issues.
God gave the priesthood to Levi instead of giving it to all the other firstborns of Israel, Deuteronomy 33.8. This was the transferring. This was the transfer of the birthright from a whole nation to a single tribe. God's selection of Levi was at a time when the nation was unaware what they, what they were being tested. The Lord observed that the Levites were more willing to please God than to please even their closest friends and family, Deuteronomy 33.9. Remember, it was essentially the Levites, those with the birthright and double portion, who ascended Mount Zion in David's time. Those who met the qualifications for being on Zion's hill were mainly Levites, Psalm 16.1, Chronicles 16.1. The summit of Mount Zion is reserved uniquely for the church of the firstborn ones, Hebrews 12.22. This is a very special group, and I believe in today, a lot of the people going through stuff, we term the targeted individuals, I believe those are the firstborns of today. And only the soldiers that endure and stand on their faith will be will reap the double portion of the firstborn. And I hope to make it in, and I hope we all make it in. All right, the Levites, firstborn among many brethren, qualities found in firstborn. These sided with God in righteousness during times of moral declension. And that's where we have to stand today. I mean, we see the laws and making all these laws that are moral, morally, you know, uh, corrupt. We have to stand on God's side. These are like the Levites. They sided with God in righteousness during times of moral declension. They would not compromise, but chose to do the right thing instead of the popular thing. That's the calling on the T.I.'s life. Perhaps without this, sick program of injustices, you know, we may have been compromising. People compromise. They like the money. They like the car, the nice house, the this, the that, and they don't even realize they're selling their soul. The Levites put God first even before human love, friends, and pressure of family. They allowed God to choose their mates, and they were not disobedient, concer- disobedient concerning marriage. See, we were uh, Leviticus 21.7. Then we learn about the people who lost the birthright. And that's a warning to New Testament believers. The subject of the birthright is not just an outdated series of accounts recorded for us in the Old Testament. The New Testament also is filled with the firstborn message. New Testament believers are warned and exhorted not to sell their birthrights as did Esau, Hebrews 12.15. May I suggest, however, that it is irrelevant whether the exhortation came from the Old or New Testament, since all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, furnished, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. 2 Timothy 3.16. When Paul wrote this to Timothy, he was referring not to the New Testament, but the Old. The Old Testament was the only scripture they had at that time. The New Testament canon was not formed until nearly 400 A.D. Profanity. Let there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. He was 12, 16. 
Esau is the prime example in scripture of those who sell their birthrights. He was termed profane. To be profane means to be irreverent, irreverent, disrespectful, and impious. impious. It means to treat sacred things lightly and disdainfully. Esau despised his birthright by letting it go in exchange for a bowl of lentils when he was hungry. Genesis 25:29. This would be indicative of someone who sold his ministry, his marriage, his reputation, and his soul for pornography and lust on the internet. Right? Esau lacked long-range vision, living only for today and his present appetite. God saw what kind of heart he had even before he was born. Therefore, God declared even before birth, the elder shall serve the younger, Genesis 25, 23. God determined to give the birthright to Jacob because Esau treated it so lightly. Esau had no fear of coming short of the purposes of God for his life, Hebrews 4, 1. Later, when he saw what he had lost, he wanted it back with tears and wailing, but it was irretrievable, Hebrews 12, 17. He had made his decision, and it was irrevocable. Impatience, idolatry, rebellion, and immorality. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mountain, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what is become of him. Exodus 32.1. The account given in Exodus chapter 32 is the forfeiture of the birthright by a whole nation. It was given to the tribe of Levi instead. Things were just not happening fast enough for Israel. T.R., things are not happening fast enough. All I know is we have to wait on the Lord. They were in a dry, boring wilderness. Moses had been gone for weeks and God was silent. Mm. We need to write a book. What do you do when God's silent? What do you do? You keep praying and you stand on your face and you get people who discourage you away from you. They missed the good times back in worldly Egypt. The delay was engineered by God to test the people. The delay was engineered by God to test the people. They're talking to T.I. The delay of this big program could be engineered by God to test us, to test your patience, to test your faithfulness, to test your beliefs. The Lord wanted to see what their motive was for serving him. Were they serving God for the excitement, the miracles, and provisions? Or were they serving God simply because he is worthy to be praised and because they love him? The setting up of a new God after 40 days gave God his answer. Wow. They didn't hear from the Most High God, so they created their own. Mm. Some Christians lose their birthright because of hastiness. Mm. The test of time? What are we talking about? I'm, I'm talking to myself, T.I. Again, I don't want to. We just can't lose this by being hasty. We just have to know that God is sovereign and that, you know, nothing can happen without his approval or authority. 
And it, it is what it is. And now we've got to pass this test. We've got to come out of this saying free at last. Thank God Almighty, free at last. I thank God I studied your word. I thank God I learned about the birthright. I thank God we matured in Christ. Some Christians lose their birthright because of hastiness. The test of time is one of the greatest evidences of our commitment to God. Many grow impatient, compromise the truth they know, and make wrong and make wrong marriages. How important it is to be obedient on the question of marriage in order to preserve for ourselves the right of the firstborn. A wrong marriage can hinder or even prohibit a man or woman from fulfilling their divine call. Once we've made the lifelong vow and commitment to God in marriage, we cannot change our mind. Therefore, we should approach the subject of marriage with one main thing in mind. Will this union bring glory to God and help me fulfill God's call? We must not be self-willed on the issue of marriage. This is the one I want. I don't care what anyone else thinks or what God thinks. We should fear God and say, Lord, you alone know the heart. Which one is the best for me? Help me to choose, God, your choice. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he has prepared for him that waiteth for him. Isaiah 64.4. Qualities found in firstborn. Summary. A home and family in order, a good role model for spouses. Sensitivity to the needs of the poor and the afflicted, as most TIs. Purity of motive, serving God out of love and self-seeking motive, not, not self-seeking motive. Having vision and a sense of destiny which urges one to live a holy life. Moral purity, fixing the eyes and desires where they belong, possessing holy fear. Totally cleansed of accusations against God, and it's not fair, syndrome. Mm. Diligent, industrious, steadfast, loyal, not bogged down with boredom and passivity. Faithful in menial affairs for long periods of time, a true, humble servant. Submitting to the teaching, disciplines, and corrections of good spiritual fathers. Never feeling I have outgrown my spiritual fathers and becoming disdainful of them able to overcome the test of rejection and discouragement from a spiritual father, never looking for excuses to quit, to quit, to be offended, or go back home, having a heart that is cleansed from the love of money, mm. able to overcome the scars of a bad childhood and unhappy home life, forgiving brethren who rejected and afflicted him, enduring loneliness, wow, homesickness, and foreign circumstances, Maintaining the faith during dark times of discouragement and imprisonment. Keeping oneself morally pure by running from temptation. Having understanding that God has a blessing in every injustice. Can we read that again? Having understanding, being clear, knowing that God has a blessing in every injustice. My God, this is the only thing could keep me going. You a T.I., you've been through some injustices. I mean, this is just outrageous, this program. But, but God, having understanding that God has a blessing for every injustice, my God. Mm. 
living a separated life unto God. Siding with God in righteousness during times of moral declension. Refusing to compromise. Choosing to do the right thing instead of what is popular. Because this is this is your birthright. You want to get to these are quality criteria for your birthright. Willing to put God first even before friends and the pressure of family. Willing to allow God to choose their mates and not be disobedient concerning marriage. Willing to wait for God's time and endure delays. Mm-mm-mm. Willing to wait for God's time and endure delays. Yeah, they're talking us. Highly treasuring the things of God and never treating them lightly. Wow. Having long-range vision, not making important decisions by present emotions or conditions. Remembering the purpose of tests. What is man that thou shouldest magnify him and that thou shouldest set thine heart upon him and that thou shouldest visit him every morning and try him every morning? God tests us, the purpose of tests. God tests us to see what we're made of, to see what our motives are, what our real needs are, to see if God is number one in our lives, to see if we're worthy of the promises of God and loyal to the truth he has entrusted to us, to see if we're able to receive the power we have asked of God. The greater the power we want to receive from God, the greater will be our test. See, I've got some big, some big, some, some big power coming in. To see if we're worthy to take the position Satan and his angels have forfeited. Remember, they were kicked out of heaven. Somebody's got to replace them. And I believe those are powerful angels that need to really need to maintain this earth. God's preparing us. He doesn't. You can't even. You can't deviate your ti. To see if we qualify to be his bride and to be at the marriage feast to see if we qualify to be in the first resurrection, judge angels, and rule and reign with Christ, to see if we're only serving God for blessings and prestige or simply because we love him. Remembering the purpose of tests we're looking at, the purpose of tests to make us more righteous and holy, to bring a greater revelation of the Lord to our lives, to bless our latter end, to exalt us and give us an eternal name. To bring new grace into our lives by being in a new low place. Grace is given to the lowly to give God an answer that he, in turn, may give to his adversaries. To give God an answer that he, in turn, may give to his adversaries. God has set his heart upon man and is testing him every moment. Tests are very important. This is the reason we're on this earth to be tested. We cannot come to the bigger test unless we pass the smaller ones first. The passing or failing of our test determines our eternal position in heaven. Often we do not know when we are being tested. Therefore, we should be more conscious of the fact that we are being watched. We are a spectacle of men and angels. We are under the scrutiny of demons, principalities, and powers, the world. But most of all, we are being observed by God himself. Therefore, we must ask God for grace to do the right thing and to make the right decisions when we are under pressure 
and in a time of testing. Wow, that was the end of the book. Oh, no. Yeah. Why did it stop at 71? It said it goes to 95. Amen. Well, that's, that's it. God, we just thank you for the reading of the scripture. We thank you, God. We want that birthright that you promised that we have if we pass these tests. God, that birthright comes in abundance of responsibility. So God, just guide and direct each and every listener, participant, downloader. Let them pass that test that you've given them, God, so that they can get the birthright to do the great things that you expect them to do on this earth. God, we thank you. We didn't understand it before, but we understand it now. You've chosen your people. Not everybody has this load on their back. Not everybody has all these injustices. But God, if that's what it takes to meet your standards, to meet the destiny you created us for, then so let it be. We, we pull out our shoulders like big soldiers in the army of the Lord. And we punch that devil in his face and say, baby, you can't fool us. That spirit of deceit, that spirit of deception, and that spirit of discouragement we send to the pit of hell. We serve a mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. And we thank you, God, for the book of Job, for this reading, for this knowledge, this information, and to let us see that Job went through some stuff. Yes, he was a targeted individual. But his ladder was better than his end, and above all, his reputation was documented in the Bible. He is a part of the book that's the longest book on this earth. Yes, Lord, he passed his test. And we ask you, God, that we can pass our test and that our reputations before we leave this earth that our stories will be told across this nation and there'll be great reverence and respect for the sacrifices that we had to go through because it was our destiny and on behalf of humanity to make it easier or better, not easier, to make it better for the next generation, to improve this earth, to bring this earth to a level, a higher level of civilization in the enforcement of God's word. God, we thank you and we praise you. And we decree and declare that your will will be done because the word tells us the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And we decree and declare that that executive branch of government, legislative branch, and judicial branch of government, and every part of our governance structures will be under the sovereign rule of the Most High God. And every demon trying to usurp authority over our governance structures, we bind and rebuke that demon back to the pit of hell in the name of Jesus. And we plead the blood of Jesus across this earth and primarily across every ritual place in our governance structures. I thank you in advance, God, for retaking the power from demonic forces on this earth. I thank you, God, for the birthright that we have to do such work on this earth. God, I give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Comments on the birthright. 
comments on the birthright, please. No, no, I'm, I'm taking. No comments. Well, I wow. I don't know where to begin personally. It's just uh, so much of a revelation, and I'm just sitting here taking it all in and giving God the glory for this teaching. Amen. Amen. That's a comment. Gloria, you were saying something too? Let me come back to you, Jenny. Let me just, because she sounded like she was saying something too. Gloria? No, no, no. I was just listening. Just just listening. Who was was saying something? Nancy? That was me. That was Benny. I just spoke. I know, but I heard a female when you were speaking, somebody else was getting ready to speak. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Nancy, what's, what's the birthright? What's, what's, um, give, give us a yes summary. Well, I don't know who, what you were reading from. I don't know who wrote that. Um, so. What well, was the Bible? I was, I was, I was reading from, quoting scriptures on the birthright. You were reading that from what, the NIV? No, no, no. I was quoting the scriptures, but it was the name of the 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 book I'm reading from is called "Turning the Curse into a Blessing." Oh, that's a book. And I, you know, that's a PDF. Yes, it's a book I'm. Reading. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. Because hear. I needed to know. I knew that this sick program was it was a curse. So this book uses the life of Job to to look at you know, it as, you know, a curse, how do you, you know, how that curse was turned into a blessing. And part of it, you know, was the birthright as which I read tonight. So you never heard of the birthright um, in the Bible? No, I know that the firstborn has a birthright. I, I'm familiar with that. Although, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know if it means anything other than that. I don't claim to know absolutely everything. Well, but, no, it wasn't saying that necessarily it was the firstborn. You know, it was saying when God chooses people, that they, in that same fashion, that the, the firstborn has the birthright. When when God chooses his people, we become the firstborn, and, and we oh, have a I birthright. See. I see. Okay. That's cool. You know, that that's, that's, right, that's what, and they were citing... The scriptures in the Bible where the church, you know, they were saying, you know, the church, you know, they were nations of people that God had given the birthright, but they didn't pass their test, so you lose the birthright sometimes. You know. What people, who did they pass the test? That's scary. Yeah, yeah. They said, well, who was it? Who did they say? Esau? Esau? And then Jacob got the birthright, even though Esau was older? Because Esau didn't take the word of God seriously. I see, yeah. Well, um, and then you can go. Um, and then they mentioned the nation. I think Egypt lost the birthright, and then the Levite, the, uh, the Levites lost it, and then uh, another nation got it because they were impatient. And they went with the program and went with popularity. And if you want the birthright, you have to stand in endurance. 
you know, deal with delays. There's a lot of rich stuff in there. Yeah, I I do believe that um, uh, Joseph was blessed abundantly. I mean, he was he started to probably tell you guys all the story of Joseph, and he, you know, although his brothers did that horrible thing to him, um, Joseph Joseph was blessed because he, you know, what you were reading was that although that horrible thing happened to him, he didn't use that opportunity to go along with what was popular. He did what was right. So, mm-hmm. so, so in that, in that, in that affliction, you know, in 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 the horrid thing that had happened to him, he 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 did the blood. He came out blood because of his choices. Right. So, so yeah, in this in the horrible things that's happening to mankind, yeah, we can we can do like Joseph. We can follow his example and and choose the right and do the right. Uh, mm-hmm. and not go along with what is popular. Right. But because of what because of the affliction and all that we endure. Right. Yes, that's not it, and that's not it. It's not it. I don't have to tell anybody. You all know that's not it. Mm-mm. No, it's not it. Benny, what were you saying? Oh, you're... Um, <clears throat> no, mine was short. I, I, you already heard me. Everyone already heard me here that uh, uh, this was uh, overwhelming in a way. Um Eye-opening, also scary. Why? They were all a revelation, the fact that um, you could lose it. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. Um, yeah. But good to know because I don't want to be uh, perished by lack of knowledge. Um, but uh, that was that was uh, Old Testament, right? Old and new. I touched on the new too. Okay, so that part about losing your uh, your your uh, birthright birthright is uh, was Old Testament. Oh, now you gonna make me work. <laughs> okay, never mind. I could do that on my own. I just wanted to say short that the whole thing was just a wonderful revelation. Uh, well, it was. It, it, the, it, it did wake up the spirit, and it was wonderful. Oh, okay. Thank you. The loss of a birthright, a warning to New Testament believers. The subject of the birthright is not just an outdated series of accounts recorded for us in the Old Testament. The New Testament also is filled with the birth, the firstborn message. New Testament believers are warned and exhorted not to sell their birthrights, as did Esau. May I suggest, however, that it is irrelevant whether the exhortation came from the Old or New Testament since all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. When Paul wrote this to Timothy, he was referring not to the New Testament but the Old. The Old Testament was the only scripture they had at that time. The New Testament can uh, Yes. So the loss of a birthright is to the Old and the New Testament. It applies, you know, in both. And, I mean, it only makes sense. I mean, 
it's telling us that we, you know, we have an abundance of waiting for us in God's realm, you know, and don't lose that blessing because God may be silent in our lives for periods of time. Yeah. That's basically it. And to me, unless you continue to read and build, you know, it's so easy to get empty because you can get beat down. As long as you have a heart bent towards God, meaning reading and listening to the word and eating exactly. your daily bread, exactly. um, he sees your heart bent towards him. So I guess uh, that also. Well, to, me, there's no other way. It, to me, there's no other way. You, I, in my case, I could make it. If I didn't come across readings like this, the, the natural body, the common sense mode is like, oh, you know, what do people keep telling me? Um, if you do the same thing and get the same results all the time, uh, you know, it's not going to change something. You know, I just think off of being able to feed on the word. But I've, I've targeted my readings. I mean, I know a curse from the pit of hell. Number one, poverty is a curse. Yeah. So I had to start looking at how do we change a curse into a blessing. And these are the teachings that came with this study. And that's where I want to focus my attention on because when you're inflicted with, uh, you know, uh, injustices, you can lose, you, I don't know how can you stay strong. Because reality is saying, ha ha, we did you again. You have no money. We, you, you know, we're playing with you. We took out your family. We did this. We did that. You know, and you just feel, it's almost like a, like, you know, feeling of helplessness. And one thing I do know, when you're serving God, you're, you're not helpless to anything. Because you know who's your, you know, commanding, chief, the commander in charge. And you know your Lord and Savior. Yeah, and see that birthright message. You know, I needed to even know. You know, and that's part of the the part part of what comes with you know um, being a believer. You know, knowing that your ladder is going to be better, knowing that not just your ladder is going to be better, God is going to use you. You know, in a historical way, in a great way. So then, you know, it gives a different perspective on injustice, you know. And then they this this reading also showed that all all the great men in the Bible, everyone that was truly that 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 died and left a legacy of greatness, you can believe they suffered. They suffered. So you just, you know, I mean, you can't deny certain things. No, we don't like suffering. It's not cute. It's not pretty. But it's doing, it's a, there's a purpose for suffering. There's some growth in suffering. There's some self-analysis. There's some growing up. There's some maturing. There's some cleaning up, purging. There's, there's some great things that come out of it. There's wisdom. There's wisdom. I mean, I don't want to be the next Joseph and sit in no dungeon for seven years, you know, even though that's almost equivalent to some of this TI program, but, uh, you know, knowing that the, you know, the purpose of it is for, uh, you know, for a, a great blessing at the end should keep us all going, so.
with that being said, we don't, we don't necessarily have to be in a, a, a prison to feel in prison. You can feel stagnant mm-hmm. or paralyzed by fear or mm-hmm. any of mm-hmm. involved by our demonic spirits. Or, you mm-hmm. or just the reality. Problem. I mean, to me, it's a prison. Many people in this targeted individual world, they're, they're also blacklisted. That's a prison. You're not going in a world that's a prison. Yeah. Right, right. But even, but even in that, I, I, I think that even in the one of the valuable lessons that I can see for myself is that even in that suffering, even in the affliction, like Joseph, like, like, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like Jesus, what did they say? Those those people that were in that fiery furnace, when they were in that affliction. They said, oh, um, you know, when that king came, he's like, oh, king, be blessed. You know, our God came. See, they, they stood. They knew God's promise. Even with Jesus, he said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Even with Joseph, mm-hmm. Joseph chose. So so even what we're going through, not to say that, that, that we've arrived or anything, but the lesson for me is that we have to stand and say, I know this is my God. I know. we don't, You don't necessarily have to speak it to those people, but if you find yourself in that position, if you're moved to do so, you can even speak it to them. You know, if God be for me, who can be against me? You know, um, in whatever other scripture may come to your mind, you speak to that demon. And, and you let them know. You speak, you stand on God's word. God says you. We, we have to show that we trust Him. We have to show mm-hmm. faith. We don't. We don't mm-hmm. fight with no man. Charles Stanley, one of the pre- preachers out of Atlanta, I never forget. He said, when you're in the midst of something, when stuff is really happening to you, you know, how can you say that faith when you when when you're not when you when you're faced with an opportunity, you're not a dead. to demonstrate it. He says, strive with no man. Strive with no man. Stand on God's word and God's promise. And if it doesn't happen for you the way you want it to, maybe it wasn't for you that way. I'm not saying lay down and do nothing. But God said, I remember he was saying, if we trust God, we really trust God. If we're going to stand on his word and declare it so, I don't have to mm-hmm. take off my mm-hmm. gloves and fight with you. I ain't going to touch you. I don't have to do that. However, there are mm-hmm. times like if we face with something, you know, you know, everybody makes their own choices. That's my point. But some of sometimes we stand and call that, you know, we stand on God's word and no, I will not be. I'm gonna lift my head up and walk. I will not be afraid. I will not be. Afraid. I will. I shall not be moved. That's right. God is greater. Hallelujah. Praise God. And keep walking. Keep your head up. Step over it, around it, or whatever you need to do, or go through it, but keep moving. Declaring the word of God, declaring that God is almighty. I will not be afraid. I will not be moved. I will not be changed. My God, it's, you know, quoting and knowing what God has promised us in His word, knowing with assurity and confidence. Right. That demon, a demon. That demon has to flee once you stand on that. You're like, no, 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 no. I serve a mighty God. I serve the all sovereign God. You don't have power over God. Mm-mm. Okay, well, we're going to... Huh? I have a comment. Were you finished, Nancy? Yes, I'm Were you done? done? 
Okay. I just have, this is Gloria. I have a comment. Uh, something just came to me about uh, about the suffering and about this program that we're in. Uh, Nancy, you said something when I was speaking with you last night about how if we were not in this program that we probably, our path may not have even crossed. And um, this, I believe that we're at the time, we were very, very, very close to the time of the coming, you know, of God's coming, you know, coming back to get his people. And and the, the world is at a very, very high wicked point. And there are some people that God, whose hearts, you know, he knows their hearts and he wants these people. There's some people who would never probably would get on conference calls who are targeted individuals. They probably would never get on these conference calls to hear the real, true, anointed word of God. But because they're targeted and, we, and we've and we all been kind of pulled in together here um, in this community of uh, being a targeted individual, we've got people coming in to the conferences who may, like I say, who, who may not have ever came. And so the ones that know and that have actually had a long experience with God and that God is using to to um, to lead, um, they're really helping, you know, these these hearts that God want to pull into his, his kingdom. And even though we we feel, you know, these pains and we go through what we go through, God is with us. He's letting me know that he's with us. He's um, regenerating. He's, he's going to intervene in the situation as long as we seek him and keep our hearts, you know, pure as our hearts should be before him. Um, you know, and so that's, that's, just my, that's just my thought, you know, of how we would never have – our path may not have – oh, let me get it together. I'm getting sleepy. Our path may not have crossed if it had not been for this PI program. Yes, many of us may not have even mm-hmm. known each other. So did you understand what I was saying about that? Because God, there are yes. people that God's trying to pull in that may not would have came to any kind of conference call, but because of the uh, being a targeted individual and it's, it's paths that would not have crossed are crossing for the purpose of coming, you know, to God. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? And the ones well, that, like, like, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Nancy. No, that sorry. wasn't me. No, no. Oh, oh, okay. That, oh, I'm sorry. That was me. I think that that's what this is all about. I mean, if we, if regardless of where we at, as long as you're doing your assignment that God put you on this earth, I, you know, God will is going to find a way to put us together and it's all going to work out for the for for the good good and the advancement of the kingdom of God. And if this program was used as a tool, you know, not just to put us together, but for to put our activities, whatever we're doing, to move this earth, you know, in the direction that God created it for, that's the blessing. Right. I mean, and considering what you just read, all of what you just read. You know, for you know, to me, 
was basically saying, what, you know, choosing to do what is right in spite of and um, let me turn this off. And, um, and not going along with what was popular. That was the word you used. To do what's right and stuff, what we do, let's get what's wrong. He did what was right. He didn't do what was popular. So much so, look at what has happened to him, right? I think we should be praying mm-hmm. for him because they're thinking of sending him back now. I sent you guys articles about that. He chose to do what was right. And then the examples that we have of the people in the Bible, you're right, Miriam. Their lives were blessed after. We, I can think of several. Of them, the lives were blessed when someone did something wrong, even when they did something wrong to them, and they chose to do what was right and not really laugh out and do what was popular at that time, do something evil mm-hmm. to them, or to do whatever the popular thing was. People, people are right. like, so many people just follow along. I mean, we have a great example. The Bible says that God is the road that leads to destruction. Mm-hmm. And now is the path. If you find it, have the right to know. Right. So well, we thank God. Try to relate that to what the reading. Do you guys see how I'm trying to do that? Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. <clears throat> and that's a reinforcement. I mean, by our nature, we knew. You know, uh, I I just was never a person to do things because it's popular. You know, I think we were just that's why you know we were chosen, we were chosen, and with with you know God's hand on our lives because I believe many people uh, in this targeted individual program, you know, they just have it in their soul. You know, when they saw wrong, they said something, they did something. It was something that's not taught. It's like this is, you know, when something wasn't right, and that, you know, and we just have to live with the consequences. If we're a whistleblower, we're a whistleblower. You know, whatever the consequences. So, um, okay, I don't want to keep you guys too long, but you're welcome to stay on the phone. I want to put on the tape because you know people do listen to my taping. I want to, uh, and I know Nancy, we listened to this last night. Um, Gloria, did you get to hear uh, Attorney Dibble uh, talk on electronic harassment? Gloria? Yes. Can, Gloria? Me? Okay, I was on mute. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, did, did you get to hear? It was, I did listen it was interesting. to it. Yes. I put a copy of my letter to him after I listened to him. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna. He said he's looking for the case that's gonna bust this wide open. I said, well, let me let, let me send him my documents, you know. <laughs> so I put a copy of the um, I put a copy of my letter in in, in your link. You should see it on the phone. So if you have time, take a look at it. And maybe we could talk about it some, another time. Okay. 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 Uh, I'm gonna tape the um. Uh, that that interview now, all right? So if you have to go, I understand, you know, no problem. Okay? And if not, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Okay. You, you guys are going to stay on stay on with me? Well, because uh, I'm going to stay on. I'm going to stay on. Okay, great. I'm going to be here. What was that, Benny? 
They're all in California. They got a head start. We're over here at two o'clock. <laughs> I know, I know. Sometimes we get no, we I get eleven. <laughs> and and I couldn't. It was good meeting Be- Benny's late night at two. Well, you stay stay as long as you can, Benny. Or while you're laying down, I'm gonna be laying down listening to it. Probably get something to munch on too. I'll, I'll listen to it, but afterwards, I want to give you a little thirty minute uh, piece on Grace being higher than the law. Okay, we'll do it before we do that. The first testament was the law, and the new testament was grace, the cross. Um, say that say that again. I later on I'll send you a little address for Joseph Prince of a piece saying grace is higher than the law. It's from, oh, the, yeah. Book, yeah. It's from the book of Romans where the first testament is the law, but the second testament was the grace of God where love right. is well, the law. You know what that actually means is that if well, you, you follow you follow the Ten Commandments, you live, uh, you follow God's laws. It, you know, first of all, man's laws, the earth laws, were created based on the, the, the God's laws. That's the reality. So what that is saying is that when you're living according to God's will, it's automatic. You, you don't even have to worry about man's laws because none of God's laws are in contravention to God, uh, man's laws. So that's what it means, you know, you, you want to dodge any type of problem, stay under God's law, basically. You stay under God's law, these people can't touch you. Romans is a wonderful piece on that. Absolutely oh. awesome. Oh, okay. Which is absolutely awesome. You you want to read it or... or, or well, say I don't have anything. Uh, listen, the website for the 30-minute sermon, which is fantastic, is V-I-M-E-O dot com. Okay, hold on to it. Maybe Sunday I'll put it. 11-485-1469. Okay, maybe maybe Sunday we'll play it. So, um, all right? Yeah, I, I didn't know it was a, um, a sermon, but I, I, I will, well, maybe Sunday oh, we'll play awesome. it. Oh, it's so defense a lot. Okay. Um, talk about the grace of God and Jesus. It's, it's awesome. You know, um, so, so you don't have to live in fear when you when you when you when you do wrong or commit a sin. Well, the repentance is key, and then repentance. Both of having Christ. Repentance and then stop. You know, admit it and quit it. You can't just admit it. Right. Exactly. Well, I, I'm the I'm the clay. He's a potter. It's not with the snap of a finger. Right, but there has to be a willingness. You said it's done, you know, and quit it. Right. It, it, well, right. No, I'm not. I'm not saying just. But you have to admit it and quit it. Meaning, you at least your heart. You have to start recognizing God. I need help in this area. Like, like I said earlier, I have a heart bent towards God. Right. Okay. That's where grace is. Right. But and it's an and awesome and, peace. it's and, awesome peace. What was that? You don't feel condemned and guilty all the time. Right. What was that, Nancy? Well, repentance is, is, you know, action follows repentance, right? It's a heartfelt change. It's a change. When you repent and you're sincere, you're making an effort. You're making an effort to change. We're not a, I mean, yes, it's God's grace, but you, 
know, God knows when when you're sincere and when you're not. When you're making, you know, when your repentance is, I mean, not to say that we're perfect, but you're making, and we're not just repenting and then going back, but repentance is you should follow the change in your action or behavior, right? It's a heartfelt change. If you're not making an effort to make a change, then it's not sincere, is it? Well, I mean, we can't Correct. say that, it's that God's, that, oh, I'm okay because of God's grace. Well, God has a lot of mercy for those having addictions. As they probably uh, yeah. need to repent every 10 minutes. Because you're talking about every something. 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, even Joe Osteen says, even if you have one, God sees you're not, not you know, you, you're moving towards correcting it. You're moving towards, you're doing less than. You're well, doing God is bent towards him. But it can't be bent for the next, you know, until death do you part. There's got to be a point in time that there's, you know, complete change. And that's where the Holy Spirit takes over. Because we can't do it on our own. <laughs> right. You know? But we're making it. Yes. But you have to make an effort. Right. Don't go down that street. You know what I'm saying? Don't turn on that program. Right. Make an effort. God will bless your effort. Yes. And that's what deters a lot of people from um, uh, Christianity. You know, they say, yeah, I, get, you know, I, get, I get a little angry when I hear that because uh, no one has the power to, to do that within themselves. You know, it, it's it's just a little upsetting to hear that. Like, snap your fingers and it's gone, or do this and it's gone. You know, there's a lot of times where we know not to do something and we still do it. But we said make it effort. That's what we said. Thank God the Lord's my Savior, and grace is higher than the Lord, than the law. So that could repent. Okay. His grace, God's grace and mercy, that's one of my favorite songs. All right, here we go with the, um, very nice trying to. Um, this is an uh, uh, interview with uh, Attorney Dibble. Over targeting podcast. I'm your moderator, Ellen. Tonight we have another special guest. So I just want to say thank you for coming, Mr. Dibble. We really appreciate it. And if you are new to the call, please be on and we will take some additional support, some additional talk to podcast numbers, and hopefully some help pouring from website. This is Solutions, an educational based podcast. And the views and opinions of my guests are not necessarily that of my own. My goal is that everyone can get something out of tonight, and especially a feeling of empowerment. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, uh, or in need of some additional support, please don't hesitate to email me at tiangel2016 at gmail. Again, that's tiangel2016 at gmail. So to tell you a little bit about our guest, uh, Attorney Gerald W. Dibble has been selected each year from 2010 to 2016 by Super Lawyers rating service of outstanding lawyers who have attained a high degree of peer recognition and professional achievement. His law firm, Dibble & Miller, is located in Rochester, New York, and employs 40 staff members, including 11 attorneys. The attorneys and the highly trained staff reviews the evidence provided to the firm by a person, sometimes referred to as a targeted individual, who asserts that they are victims of electronic involuntary I couldn't even read that. A targeted assault. 
In order to determine if such intrusions are subject to verification, sufficient to submit to a court of law is legally acceptable proof of such intrusions. In doing so, the firm retains the services of an electrical engineer to review the evidence and to determine if the evidence was obtained by scientific methodology sufficient to verify the validity of the evidence for use in a court of law. And this is done in order to establish that the person submitting the evidence involuntarily suffers from such intrusion. Rather long, but I'm going to finish it. If such involuntary, objectionable electronic intrusions are sufficiently established, then the evidence is assembled, organized, and analyzed, and presented in a format sufficient to submit to a court of law as acceptable evidence of such involuntary, objectionable electronic intrusions. Additionally, depending on the jurisdiction in which intrusions were taking place, the firm will prepare a draft complaint to be submitted to an attorney in the proper jurisdiction for filing in a court of law to seek a restraining order to stop the intrusion and to seek demonstrable damages. Alternatively, if the evidence is not sufficient to establish such intrusions, the firm will provide the reasons for such insufficiency and, if possible, will provide a method to obtain such evidence. As long as a once long-term licensed amateur radio operator, attorney Gerald Dibble himself has knowledge of the technology that could be used to create such electro-intrusion. Well, thank you again. I just want to say thank you very much for showing up. And um, I know that uh, Toma has, uh, has uh, worked on some questions to ask you. And I'm going to turn it over to you. Is there anything you wanted to add to the introduction that maybe I overlooked and want to point out or make a point about? No, not at all, except I want to make one thing clear. There are two issues discussed in that biolithograph, involuntary electronic intrusion and those that are objectionable. We all walk through the streets and get electronic intrusions all the time, whether it's radar, radio, or TV. The ones that I deal with are the ones that are objectionable. Well, thanks for the clarification. But Tomo, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Gil. Thank you for bringing him on, him, and uh, thank you for organizing. Um, thank you. Thank you very much for coming, Mr. Tabal. Uh, first, first of all, um, as you said, the objectionable involuntary electronic intrusion, uh, would you perhaps clarify this further? Does an involuntary electronic intrusion include uh, the invasion of privacy, uh, there, there, I believe there are two prongs. One is the um, invasion of privacy, such as the see-through-the-wall technology and eavesdropping. This is a little bit different from the mass surveillance because uh, targets are, this is a more targeted uh, surveillance as opposed to surveillance done to the mass. And also the second um, prong, the second uh, aspect of involuntary electronic intrusion seems to be the battery or even torture with an electric electrical current impulse wave or beam directed at, at, at a target and emitted from a handheld electric weapon deployed on the ground or satellite and or and so and so forth and such so as could be like a weaponized uh, antenna and so forth um, in order to purposely harm and or inflict severe pain on the target. Would you please clarify? Well, first of all, both of those 
the invasion of privacy um, mm-hmm. to the extent that it's done through waves of some kind um, mm-hmm. and, relative, and re- results in somebody hearing you. That's eavesdropping, and that's a crime in most all jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. And it's eavesdropping that if it surfaces, it's objectionable because you can tell that somebody got it. So if you're in your home and mm-hmm. they are eavesdropping and they mm-hmm. don't somehow use that against you in a court of law or somehow or another, then it's eavesdropping that's merely an intrusion that's objectionable, but it's not actionable as eavesdropping because it hasn't been used against you. From the second the second part, the torture issue. Well, once again, if, if the torture is individual contact, that's different because you're aware of it and you're doing it. The ones that you're speaking about, the ones that's not individual contact, and once again, it's intrusion, objectionable intrusions um, that you wish to complain about. Remember, coma. We walk around all day, every day, getting barraged with all kind of radiation, all kind of. Right. Every TV station, radio station, all those are involuntary, but not objectionable mm-hmm. because you're not objecting to them. The mm-hmm. ones we deal with are the ones that people complain complain about having to them that are objectionable, and those are the ones we have, that we deal with. Um, all right. Now, when you talk about battery or torture, once again, those are individual contact ones. We're not dealing with that issue because if you have individual contact, call the cops and do something about it. We're talking about the ones that are up in a wave or a bean uh, that's not directly uh, observable by you or determined by you as causing the involuntary intrusion. Uh, oh, individual contact, why you don't deal with how? What, what do you mean? I, I didn't understand. Well, if, it, if there's a battery or something contact to you, that's something that you can do locally oh, at the local shop if that's happening. Right, but this is a remotely done, uh, remote electronic weapon. So this is a sort of no-touch no, yeah. no torture. If it's no-touch torture, mm-hmm. that means that's an involuntary, objectionable electronic intrusion. That's, that's, that's the right. area that we deal with. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I just wanted to make sure that these two, uh, two areas of intrusion are covered. Great. Thank you. The second question, uh, what is the scientific methodology to obtain the evidence of electronic intrusion, um, which you know, what we just discussed, uh, such as the detection of weapons uh, deployed against you remotely uh, assaulting you, and also proving a personal injury or physical, physiological injury and so forth. Um, now, this, uh, so the question is, um, the evidence of such electronic intrusion, which is admissible at the court of law, if you could expand on the scientific methodology. Our work that we do is to take the methods of others that have reported um, involuntary intrusions and then verify whether or not that is submissible in a court of law. Mm-hmm. We, we, ourselves, we ourselves are not out there taking an individual and examining them personally. Our job here as, mm-hmm. as attorneys is to take the reports that we receive uh, first of all, the lawyers read through them here to determine whether the report is sufficient enough, in our opinion, to be uh, submitted as part of a complaint in a court of law. Uh, oh, uh, very often, we need assistance for that. That's when we reach out to double uh, engineers to work through those reports to be oh, able to that, that that they can say uh, that this was this evidence is obtained 
the evidence was obtained according to the report uh, by scientific methods acceptable in court, or if it's not acceptable in court, then uh, why not? And then uh, if it is, then we, 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 we go from there to produce a report for the court. Okay. We're not here examining people ourselves. Oh, I see. So reports meaning uh, in the uh, target community, uh, uh, private investigator Melinda Keeter and uh, Dr. Hilde uh, Stunninger, uh, they tend to be very much uh, referred. Uh, I was wondering, Doug, are you receiving reports from them? And if so, um, uh, or any other, I was just wondering. Um, the, I'm not here to criticize uh, Peter or right. I am I am here to take whatever report is given to me from any person, firm, or entity and to determine um, through our skilled legal staff here and the engineers we have whether that's, that can be submitted to a court of law. Well, you I need to understand you need to understand something. Please. When you uh, call it targeted or, or no-touch torture, you're concluding uh, a method of involuntary intrusion. Uh, if a lawyer was to use those words, uh, as you probably have already found out, you're going to think that the people using those words uh, are somehow incapable of understanding reality. Uh, we don't approach it that way. We don't want to be shut off by a court uh, by simply saying that this is no-touch torture. We approach it as electronic intrusion. And then mm -hmm. at that level, everybody understands it because when the cell phones first came out, people were, were worrying about that uh, being brain cancer. So the whole concept of electronic intrusion is, is on the table. It's being discussed. The next step is to talk about objectionable electronic intrusion. When that mm -hmm. happens, people all of a sudden still listen to you. Uh, mm -hmm. If you come to the conclusion it's, it's no just torture, uh, then you're right off the back getting people to reject the conversation. They shut off the thought process. At that point, they start calling your names. I see. I see. I understand. Um, then maybe if you, uh, okay. uh, maybe if you could um, briefly describe the advisable format in which um, the, the evidence um, obtained through the scientific methodology is assembled, organized, analyzed, and presented to the court of law. We don't care who does the analysis. Mm -hmm. We don't care where it comes from. In fact, we might not care if an individual themselves gathers evidence uh, of electronic intrusion that is objectionable. What we're looking at is how to present it into a court of law. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so we examine, that's what lawyers do all the time. Lawyers, I'm a trial lawyer. Uh, lawyers all the time take the evidence that exists in any kind of a case with the plane crash, a car accident, or assault, and then that gets presented in a court of law. That we know how to do very, very well. So <clears throat> we look at the cumulative evidence. We look at the individual. We look at whatever report we receive from any professional, what it is, and that's what we assemble. We look at it, and we assemble only that to present it. We're in the process of doing that now. At some point, at some point, um, depending on the evidence, we might want to have a conversation with the victim, uh, the, the subject of the target, the subject of the intrusion, to determine their ability to testify about the, the objectionable portion of it in court of law. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, 
third question, uh, how to identify the defendants uh, to whom restraining orders are to be issued based on the above methodology or the, um, the scientific methodology um, to that's, obtain the evidence? Sorry, that's the toughest part of all. The problem mm -hmm. is that electronic intrusion, then the issue is where it's coming from. Now, part of it, engineers know who could be emitting a certain kind of radiation and the frequency of it. Um, however, they do know. Um, the problem we have first, we have to first verify that there is an electronic intrusion. We have to determine that it's objectionable, because you're not going to call a local radio station up and tell them to shut off their antennas. Uh, unless you have that, unless that's causing you a problem. Give me an example. We had here uh, in the office um, our, our, our computer screens were reacting, just about 10 years ago, were reacting and indicating high levels of radiation when computer screens that they should come off of. But right next to the building here is a power station, and we contacted a local power company. They brought up a huge tractor-trailer with equipment on there determine whether transformers are causing the radiation to come off the, the computer screens. We have some ladies here who are concerned about them having ill health from it. They're here for quite a while. It turned out that about a mile from here, there were radio, uh, radio stations, TV stations, and high-energy antennas that was causing the problem. So we dealt with that. But we were able to track down, we were able to even track down the source by the, that kind of equipment. But you don't go that place yet. You have to first determine that the person is suffering from it. Uh, and then you have to, have to determine if it's objectionable, which is usually through testimony. Uh, and then you have to determine uh, what kind of radiation or waves or pulses they are to determine who might be, uh, might be emitting it. That's obviously the toughest part. And all of this, in the end, will come down to a conversation at some point, usually, if we, if we reach the point where we have evidence that we believe that is submittable in court, the next step we have to take is a, is a conversation with the target to determine what it could be. For example, one engineer brought up an issue a while back that um, there, is a, there is a common thought through the targeted community, uh, through the objectionable intrusion community, um, that this is being done by the government. But there's also a possibility with the technology that's out there, it could be done by individuals who, who happen to be aware of the, the victim, if you will, um, and therefore they have the ability in this day and age with the equipment that we bought off the market, so to speak, to cause such interference and such targeting. I see. Um, but these individuals are um, acting in a coordinated, organized manner, right? They, they form some kind of entity. I'm sorry, please, I don't understand that. Oh, these individuals are uh, acting in a coordinated manner, right? In the organized manner. So they're cooperating. They're not working separately, but they are forming a if, custom if, kind if of you, group. If you know, sure, that could be happy if you know that. I mean, um, mm -hmm. my concern is to verify it's happening. I mean, if you have people out there who are causing uh, intrusions, electronic intrusions, objectionable ones, um, you need to, we need to first find out whether it's verifiable. If you can't verify that through through evidence made on court of law, you're going to go any place. And the, the right. problem you have, the problem you have, if you call lawyers on the phone, nobody's going to even even have a meeting with you. I'm one of the mm -hmm. lawyers who even understand the area. Uh, so the reason why the phrase I use is, is much different than 
the, 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 the justice torture. So I'm, because that's coming to a conclusion that somebody is doing it and it's happening to the person. The way we approach it here is much, much more able to be accepted in a court of law. It doesn't come to a conclusion that touches torture, it comes to a conclusion that, you're, that there's electronic invasions. And we all know that's happening, so the question is which ones are objectionable. We get a whole lot further into conversation if you're going to be careful about describing what's happening as opposed to how you believe the uh, cause of it happening. Mm-hmm. I, um, people, I, most people do not accept at all mm-hmm. that there's an ability to um, to invade somebody physically with waves or pulses and do it in a harmful way. And they don't even think that's happening. And don't even get it. And yet, yet we do what we think that could possibly be. And if you come to that conclusion and you talk about hundreds of people doing that, no one's going to accept that. And so the approach we take is a much more careful method to say, okay, fine, it's happening. Let's see if we can verify it. Let's, let's get the, the evidence up here and spin it that way. Right, I see. Well, another actually um, very useful way to investigate organized crime is, uh, well, if these um, defendants are actually working in organized manner, organized fashion, is to use uh, electric, electronic interception on their own, like uh, intercept their, their communication. That is considered to be the most effective uh, investigation method by the um, those law enforcement who specialize in organized crime. Investigation. Do you know what that's called? Uh, no. It's called a stingray. Uh, that, that's right, yeah. Do you, yeah, that's do you know what a stingray is? Do you know what a stingray yeah. is? Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. A stingray, stingray is a piece of equipment about the size of a suitcase um, that they put in the back of a car, a truck, I believe, and it will act as a cell tower replace the cell tower so everybody in the radius of the stingray, everybody, including the target, their phone calls will go through the stingray. Yeah. The FBI, the FBI has them, and that's what happens, and therefore they can that way interfere with all your phone calls. I see. I was wondering if the target um, can somehow in- investigate the uh, defendants that way. New York State um, has a law that uh, it's against the law about Criminal law in New York State, I believe, prohibits such uh, interception. However, if you are trying to intercept the defendants who are intercepting you, then then you don't you're not um, you're not held criminally or civilly liable. In order to gather the evidence of the defendants, um, you know, intercept defendants' uh, communication. I was wondering if that might be another way to investigate. The stingray. As far as my knowledge goes, it's only possessed by the FBI and police yeah. departments with whom the FBI yeah. has contact with. The stingray and, and what's happened in criminal cases, about which I'm aware, is that if, they, if the stingray is used to entrap somebody or to get evidence from them, um, the, the police department has, has given uh, an agreement, I believe, as I've been told, I have no personal knowledge of it, to the FBI that they'll get charges. Uh, I've heard. Once again, that there are cases around America where the FBI, the police department, dropped the charges if they had to produce evidence about the stingray. So yes, your the stingray, which is produced by the Harris Company here in Rochester, yes, I believe the stingray could be used to help verify if somebody is using those kind of waves uh, to 
to uh, invade somebody. The problem is you have no access to that equipment. Well, you know what? Sorry? You have, you have no access to that equipment. There's no way to get to it. Oh, right. That's right. Okay. Okay. That's right. Yeah, I was just wondering. Okay. Uh, first question. Um, usually, our target, uh, if if uh, target prevails at the court of law, a gag order, um, just to explain, is the order that you that both parties have to agree for the judge to render this order, uh, which would uh, make the um, judgment and all the information surrounding the, the case uh, confidential. Anyway, this, so this gag order is attached to the target's case. This seems to be the perpetrator's standard procedure or technique to cover up the operations. And therefore, there's really no case law. Um, and then there will be no, you know, media coverage or any uh, legislation that could arise out of the case law. Nonetheless, is there any any case law on this topic? Are you aware of? Well, the, the, any targeted case, first of all, the gag orders have to be voluntary on both sides. Mm -hmm. There are some gag orders which the government can impose on national security. Um, but targeting an individual would hardly, in my view, be national security. But the point of it is, uh, the gag order is the end result of a litigation where usually what happens is the, the defendant uh, decides to settle the case, offers money and settlement, and as part of that, they buy um, gag provision. Now, the, 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 the plaintiffs don't have to take it, but they do because the money is good, and they just agree to the, the, the situation. Now, but one issue about that is this. The gag order is usually in the last order. If there was a, a case filed about somebody who was targeted and it reached court, and then the court ended the case with a gag order, that case exists in that court, and a complaint will um, be exposed to public view. So if you wind up suing somebody, like the McDonald's case later, you have originally $700,000. Uh, if there was a gag provision in the end, but the case itself would still be in court in the court records, and you'd be able to see from the records exactly what the complaint was. So, so the gag provision comes in the end usually and doesn't, doesn't stop the case itself uh, from being hidden from the court, not sealed. In fact, all the federal cases are all on PACER. Uh, you can have access to those, and many of those end with a gag provision. Uh, but the actual case how it got filed um, is, is, is open to public a review. Oh, okay. So even the gag order case that the gag order is attached, you can still review the judgment or oh, I guess the settlement uh, agreement. You can, you, can, you can't review the settlement agreement. You can review it up to that point. Oh. So if, okay. if you have somebody who is who is suing the government for electronic invasion. Uh, and you wind up seeing a case settle on a gag provision, we'll do the math of what happened. You know, we have to read the thing. Um, but then when those things happen, you can very often file for Freedom of Information Act and try and get them. Uh, and, at least, and if that happens, the government will come back and they're really going to give it to you. But if they don't, most times they don't, they'll give you a reason why. And, and, you, and you won't get it, but there'll be a statutory reason why on the Freedom of Information Act, which will list what the reason is. If you have a person who's, who's uh, suing the government for uh, for electronic invasion, voluntary objection electronic invasion, and it winds up being objectionable for, for national security, then you, you know exactly what happened. That they were caught, the government was caught doing it, and, and it's being blocked. I see. Um, 
Also, um, could I go back to your question? Are you aware of, do you know any case law on, on this topic? Could be um, that other, you know, you and, and any other targets and targets that Ronnie could, could cite case law? Um, I, I have not went that route because I don't care, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Because the reason why I don't care, every case stands by itself. And I do know in New York State and probably most states, including federal court, that there's an involuntary electronic objective intrusion. Um, you're going to get recovery for it or have a stop unless, they get, unless the people doing it can't stop it. And it's an industry thing that's happening, for example, you can't stop you can't stop radiation from a power plant that may be coming out this minor. Uh, you can't stop radio waves, that kind of stuff. But then that'd be all that's closed. So I'm not concerned about there being a law out there or a case law out there that says the government's allowed to do this because it's objectionable. There's an electronic and voluntary intrusion that's objectionable, and there's damages. We've got an issue, and and uh, that's the reason. Whereas, so there can't be a case that says the government can go out there and target somebody. I can't believe that's happening. There's no any law that allow that issue. Okay. Um, and and let me go a step further. The government believes that you're arrested by the U.S. government will say that the president likes that issue. If you're arrested by, and they're electronically surveilling them, and it hit his way of repulsion to bring pain and suffering. Uh, first of all, it wasn't spied on this report. Uh, neither did anybody done is doing that too for purposes uh, of surveillance or somebody involved with, with espionage. Um, so, but if they're allowed to do that, that goes to court, you're going to see a national security impact of that, and you don't know what's happening. Right. Um, but maybe targets presume that it's not necessarily government per se, but it could be, say, uh, the mafia of being paid by somebody who had a, a dispute in the past to sure. form it, for example. I brought that up earlier. I think, I think if this is happening, I have no idea we'd be doing it, but mm -hmm. um, it's a possibility, I mentioned it about 10 minutes ago, it's a possibility with the, with the, with the, the uh, that's out there in this world, that there are people out there who are doing that uh, to other people um, for their own personal pleasure, sadist, if you will, um, or okay. being hired by somebody to do it. Sure. Right. To discredit a whistleblower, for example, if you have certain, you know, like that confidential information about certain company, which usually really big, um, and the company wants to discredit you, so whatever you say, you know, released by anyone, by the media, by the court. Um, so that the discrimination seems to be the primary focus of torture. If there, if, if some group, I don't think you have to have to just to the mafia, quite frankly. I don't think you have to go that deep. I have a suspicion there are people out there who pay enough to do it, whether it's involved with the mafia or not. Um, so. It wouldn't surprise me at all if this was happening, that the people who are doing it could afford to fund it, could afford to have the equipment and just find people to do it. Um, not, not, mm -hmm. I'm not sure the mafia would have to, have to get involved. I've heard this in the past. I don't need to go that 
intention of making them, making the people to feel uncomfortable or to not or to not uh, uh, justify whatever. I don't have a problem with that either. But once again, you're back to the basis, which is involuntarily trying to invest no truth in that's causing damages. And, and mm-hmm. uh, you have to first get to the point where you can establish that. The reason why it's happening is a part of the discovery process and talking to a person when you develop that it's happening. Let me say it again. The reason why it's happening, whether it's a government doing it or, or the mafia doing it or next door neighbor doing it or, or somebody who has an adaptive character that enjoying creating health system out there, all starts from the fact that we're able to establish that it's happening. And then you get to the point of interviewing the target to determine what might be the cause of that issue. And you look at the workplace where they worked before and what's happening, you see who might be doing that issue. But you can't start with somebody doing it without having it happen because if you think somebody's doing it, you could think somebody's sitting in the car with what you think uh, is, is a pulse gun and actually a long camera with a long camera. But you're doing no place with that unless you can see, unless you're able to verify that that, that intrusion is happening and it's causing damages. Otherwise, it's a person out there uh, with a toy or electronic gun or something like that.
perpetrators are very sophisticated in manipulating the perceptions of people, uh, targets, attorneys, law offices, efforts, law offices, efforts, um, in order to avoid being sued. Uh, which measures can be taken in order to prevent the perpetrator's manipulation of our perceptions in our personal, interpersonal relations? Um, this includes the kind of like a training um, procedure of your employees, law offices, and businesses, so that uh, you won't be tricked into um, basically, well, or manipulated by, by those perpetrators. Well, if a perpetrator is doing that, then they're going to be doing that in defense of some kind of conduct. That's the first thing. Now, the second thing is, if you phrase the electronic intrusion in the way we've done it, as opposed to the end result of, of, of a touch of torture. Uh, touch of torture is a, is a, is a phrase, it's a phrase that should be associated with uh, uh, evidence that there is something happening. Uh, when you start out the conversation of touch and torture, person can be shut off and say no, things like that. When you mm-hmm. start talking about the way I did and talking about the time confusion and talking about where the cell phone does, all of a sudden they start listening. Then you take the next step and you, and you talk about a conversation and somebody could be radiation. I'll tell you, when I was a child, being 18 years old, many years ago, I was a heavy amateur radio. I was able to go on a roof of my house, which was a two-story building up about 30 feet, and I had a, I had a antenna off my high-frequency high uh, transmitter that I had. I was able to walk around the crescent light bulb and have a light uh, from the energy off, off the antenna. So back, those were back in the 50s and 60s and 70s. That, that, that concept of the rage come out there to produce energy that could harm somebody was known to me back then. Now, I, I just thought it was kind of cool. Somebody told me to fall through and get hurt. So there, are, there is high energy. Lasers are high energy. And, uh, they can be used as a blind pilot. So the, tech, the technology is out there to do something. I, I don't know if any technology is
um, do you know any attorney uh, and expert witnesses um, who joined this network? And if you would mind your showing yourself and forming no doubt. No, I don't. Um, okay. I don't. I don't even talk to attorneys about the issue. The moment you you use you use the phrase of such as torture or targeting, they start laughing. Uh, when, I, oh. when I approach it, when I approach it, how I do it, they don't. Um, the look at the words I use are very carefully chosen. Mm-hmm. You approach it as investigation or something happened all of a sudden. Cuts off 
others from believing that anything is happening at all. That's the reason why we got my bio. I was very careful to refer to um, the work we're doing here in a different way. We're not including that it is happening. We're including that the radio waves or high frequency waves, the waves of any kind, that the body but they're like the way can't get to that issue. It's voluntary poetry, but they're ejectional. The ejectional part is associated with damages that I file there to you. And that's, a, that's an important combination. So if you have radio waves and you're sitting next to a, you're the city here where there's, there's towers up above you, there's all kinds of frequencies coming off that. Um, you have damages from that. The damages have to be something that's discernible. For example, but through court of law, so I can I can take my expertise and, and I get into there and drive down the street about 20 minutes from here and sit there and record radio waves coming off those antennas. Um, right now, tonight, and I've done it. Um, years back, that doesn't get you any place until you can associate that with damages. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. So you first have the radio waves. You have to, they have to be involuntary, electronic intrusions that are objectionable, and then you have the damages. The, 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 the court of law is only rewards for damages, not for something that doesn't have damages. The damages, here's the last part of that, that loop. Um, every state, every jurisdiction has what's called causes of action. Um, you may be able to sue somebody here for calling you a name. Some other state answers no. So once you, you have the whole string of, as I said, the amount of time you're so intrusive. And yet the damages is on the court of law. We were talking about this a couple minutes ago about, about torts. The court of law has to recognize that as having damages. Well, so if you have the intrusion, the next one is voluntary, the damages, now you have time to find out what, what cause of action is going to cause it to happen. At that point, you can you can look at, at whether or not there are statutes in the state, you look at one of the tort. Um, there's also the uh, like unfair business practices, things that have to do with that. You can bring up statutes that were not. Oh, no. Turned it off by asking. Welcome to the Saturday Night Drive Over. If you have the intrusion,
point of it is, the lawyer's job at that point, when you suffer pain, you suffer damages, and the lawyer's job to figure out what statute or the law is available to do that. My guess is that, 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 that if, the, if the harm, if the acts are shown, if the harm is shown, you're going to get relief in a court. We're not, we're not going to be worried about that. You're going to get, get relief in a court. Uh, I, don't, I don't look at what the statute or the case or what action or not, not necessary. Uh, right. The, the courts have got to support the right wrongs. Yeah, and if, if, if their actions cause harm, there you go, right? And if it's proven, there you go, right? I mean, sure. it's pretty straightforward. Um, okay, and I, just, just a few more things, and then I know we can't keep you too long. Um, one thing is, um, okay, have you so far, have you handled these things? I mean, have you actually gone to court with anything? Is it, have you been able to file something as a valid complaint in your opinion? We are in, we are in the process of reading the reports right now. We started last year, um, last summer I think they were called for the year, and we had a little high action stuff because the firm grew. Uh, we had to go over part of the building, uh, had to stop my activities on until I got to get the remodeling done. It's just a nightmare. Um, it's been in the office. We just finished about a couple of weeks ago. <clears throat> Right. 
you should be looking for, where you should be looking for, if you hung around the mission board, is any case that's filed at all. Okay. Any case that's filed at all. That, 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 you find that, and you're off in the right direction. I'll bet you find that. I'll call them the phone. People always I'll call the phone talk about it. It's just to have it. My guess is they may be taking a shot at it, but they don't have the proof doing it because it's very hard to get the proof. And, and the evidence that's out there now, um, a lot of the evidence that's out there now, we don't know yet what the minimum court. So far, we haven't come to that conclusion, but we haven't said no either. Because they, we started the process last year and had to stop. Some people have hired us. They can't afford to pay us to do all this work, so we're still doing it. So they pay us a retainer or somebody up front. But the work is twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars beyond what their retainers are. And so we don't go back to them. They can't afford it. Because I'm at a situation that there's so many people out there who have indicated need of help. I'm willing to. I'm willing to fund the whole process of, of having a group of engineers put the case together. Well, that's very nice of you. Um, do you know that there's a case that was filed in? in Washington State on the behalf of two prisoners in, um, down in Cuba, the prisoner down in Cuba, regarding the torture that they did receive, and the federal government is in, it's in federal court, and the federal government has cleared the way and said, yes, you may file those huge objections to it. But they finally got through, and they have filed this complaint regarding the torture, and it does include electromagnetic torture. Um, and I think that might be something we should look at. That's different, though, because that is, in fact, happening. No one's objecting to it, and they know exactly how it's happening, exactly what's happening. That's, uh, that's, that's a different issue. The question is whether or not it's torture under the Constitution for the military to do that. I see. I see. Okay. So they're agreed. Well, if they're admitting it, okay. But we can prove this. Okay. Okay. They don't have to prove the origination of that torture. They just... No. Right? Yeah. They have a chance to... Okay, listen, thank you so much. You really, you know, you'll probably be getting a lot of phone <laughs> from us because you really sound very helpful and very knowledgeable. Thank you. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you, Ellen. Welcome. I guess now I'm going to go to Dr. Andrews. Hi, Dr. Andrews. You're on the call. Hi, Ellen. Thank you. And uh, uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Evelyn. I appreciate uh, all the experience that you shared with us here. Uh, my question to you can come as mainly a pro se type of uh, uh, we have very limited resources and people going on. So we think the challenge that you are, um, I found myself litigating pro se, um, not necessarily for this issue, but for related smaller issues in the specific future here. I guess my question to you is how, have you heard of any uh, pro se litigants being successful or attempting these cases? Any advice you'd have for a pro se litigant? Also, keep in mind, I'm fully aware that uh, only a fool has, you know, has himself or a client, uh, whatever that uh, phrase is. But, uh, uh, you know, for the people who don't have the money, they yet have the, uh, the patience to teach himself uh, law uh, and um, try to get into the arena. Would you have any such advice or certain experiences that you are aware of? Most, yeah, first of all, I think the phrase, what we call the devil phrase, a person who represents himself as a fool for lawyer and a fool for client. My guess is that he is not because people are going to answer 
and there is in the kitchen. a claim
Yes, Ma, in the garden. I have a lot of questions. I'm sure you probably won't be able to get to them all. Kim will also put it on YouTube, so you'll probably get a few calls. And one thing I was going to say is we have people, Tom and I can people, and they seem interested in this field. I think with as many, with this increase in targeting that's been happening, it, you know, I'm really hoping there's going to be other people that will take the time and um, the interest to represent our community, so I really appreciate that you're willing to do this. What could it be on YouTube? Yeah, you know, uh, the whole phone call? Yes, unless you, would, uh, if you would like us not to post it, we will not, and if you don't mind. No, 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 no. Well, I'm sure. I will, I sure will. I'll try to make them very professional. Okay, so now I'm going to come no, no. to Massachusetts. You're next on my list. Uh, let me say something. I'm looking for Uh, 
I believe, would be expensive. Yeah. Because the equipment you would need, the soundboards you would need, and, and, and the, 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 the control group would be expensive. Right. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to see it that way. Um, and when you say that, um, as far as evidence goes, do you, um, are you expecting someone to have a licensed individual come in and for you to review that, or are you willing to take some of the, um, like, for example, the phone app um, applications for uh, determining if there's um, uh, ELMs coming in or a video um, camera uh, capture of something, uh, maybe, maybe some physical um, pictures and, and put that type of thing together. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. Yes, if that evidence, pictures can be put in a court if somebody testifies that it's a fair and accurate presentation of the scene. So I, I'm going to look at any evidence mm-hmm. at all that it would take to be able to do that. And okay. I know there's a possibility that at some point, there's a possibility somebody may get a, a scientific presentation of the methodology that they put on court. Um, mm-hmm. That would be helpful, but that's what we're looking for now. Okay. So do you advise people to hire people at this point to, to take these readings um, or buy instrumentation themselves? Every person has to determine how they want to resolve the issue. I can't say to spend money, so you have to determine how you want to resolve the issue. Uh, if I was suffering from this, I would go to the ends of the earth, I guess, to determine why it's happening to me. And every time I talk to somebody, somebody suffering from it, their lives are controlled by it, and their lives are full of misery and discomfort. Right. You do something to figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just. What I what I don't know is how much of the pain and suffering that is happening is a direct cause of electronic invasion, or is a reaction to some electronic invasion in order to protect themselves or get themselves in situations that they've recovered from it. I'm sorry. What was that last part you said? Well, what I don't know is I believe they're being electronic invaded. Yeah. Um, and they react to that and change their lives and do things to protect against it. Whether they definitely the situation or not, whether they fear of it. Uh, we have no even known that right now if that's something we're trying to examine. Okay, yeah. And in a way, in a way of examining it, it's looking at the evidence that they have that's happening in the first place. Mm hmm. Anyway, it's only way you can do it. Right. Well, there's one way. Um, uh, sometimes the uh, targets could be uh, poisoned with heavy metal. That will make the target more, con- the victim more conductive to electronic intrusion. Yep. That, that heavy metals will kill them. Right. So, you know, the actual main targets of poisoning, I myself have a high heavy, heavy metal uh, poisoning that cannot be caused from the way I live. You know, we're going to be Hey, so, so could I ask one more question, too? Oh, sure. And that's regarding 
and you guys might have covered this already. If anybody has used um, um, the private investigator Kidder or um, Janninger, um, if that's something that you would look at or have you know about that? Um, I would use them in anything that comes to me. Okay. I'll tell you where it, I'll tell you where yeah. it comes from. Okay. Thanks. Go ahead, Tomo. Oh, I'm done. Okay, I'm not a question. Yeah. Uh, Tomo, in your situation, um, the heavy metal just has to be ingested somehow or nothing, usually. Um, not familiar that can be done to radiation. Uh, although if you have heavy metal, that's through radiation, but exacerbate it. But now you're into a physical situation. All the stuff we have is not physical. Uh, it's, it's intrusions. Yeah, eating. Oh, please, uh, uh, other people have Okay, so now I'm going to go to Vermont. Is this the person next on here? Yes, Vermont. Just a second, I'm having a little trouble. There we go. Hi, Vermont. Oh, hi. Uh, thanks, Ella. No um, problem. Thank you for coming on the call. Um, I did have a question about a federal cases. Have you ever represented a someone who had proof of federal purpose? Thank you. I'm not sure I understand the question. Have you ever represented a federal case where someone has evidence of federal purpose? No. I represent federal cases, but not a target. Okay, and um, are you aware that some of the some of the foreign colonies have reported vibrations which uh, they target all federal courts? Um, I'm aware of what's going on down there, and I would be surprised if some very sophisticated conduct is going on in those places down there. And are you interested in federal cases or are you only interested in uh, state or local cases? Um, I don't care where the case is. And if, if you had to go up against the federal government, would you be willing to do that? Of course. Why would you even ask that question? Of course. I don't care. I would doubt it because a lot of people 
there are frequencies that are only allocated in five U.S. governments? Oh, sure. I'm not worried about that, of course. In the military alone. Thank you very much. And by the way, it seems to me the more logical 
entity doing that there is such a detergent is really the doctor who has the ability to, to, to put that kind of equipment personal together. Okay, well, thank you for the answer there. I'm going to go to Northwest California. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Now, let me go a step further with this. There's a problem with that. Then you get the situation, why would they be affecting South America? You have to get that to get some kind of concept why they're doing that. Uh, of course, you might be crazy on that. Maybe they're experimenting on people and trying to put something together and use that war in the future. That's pretty far fetched stuff, and that's that to the point. Name implies we have to 
denial system um, it's so that you can deny any uh, you know any culpability in any of this which makes it frustrating for all of us to find ourselves on the other end of this mess um, with these weapons being used against us for a lot of different reasons but coming down to the biggest problem that we all have which is um, proving that it's happening and then almost more of equal um, frustration is proving he's doing it to you. Um, I know where mine's coming from, and I have a pretty good paper trail of tracing it back to the government and because of my unique situation. But in terms of capturing the, the frequencies for the different types of waves that are being directed at folks, you know, we've run the gamut of, of what types of um, what types of meters do we buy? Should we get a spectrum analyzer? You know, how much money do we have? How can we invest? And even if you buy something, they have the ability to switch weapons up, change frequencies, and now the meter that you might have had no longer works for you. So my takeaway from all this was that you needed the most expensive equipment money can buy that, that, that runs the entire gamut of the radio frequency range. Or the other thing, which I'm kind of heading towards, and I wanted to get your take on this, is that, you know, and I'm going back to Melinda Cheddar, and your comment that you made about using a sound loop and a control group, the other piece that's almost just as bad, and it really is very focused on your phrase, and I've never heard anybody term it that way, the electronic intrusion. Um, I don't, or, you know, uh, um, I don't know that it gets any more intrusive than the implantation into people using, and I know you're probably going to say, oh, my God, here we go. It's hard enough to wrap your brain around, you know, the, the electromagnetic weapons, but it, the patents are out there. I mean, proving that they exist is not difficult at all. The other piece, and now Tom uh, kind of touched on it, which was, you know, she's been, you know, she's got a lot of medals in her that they that there's no way in her life that she that you could say that she should have that much metal in her. It, the, the bigger intrusion is the technology that they're putting in us that allows them to track us with precision accuracy where I could be sitting in a room of five different people and this weapon gets pointed at me and I am the only person in the room that can feel it. Now, the, the way that they're capable of doing this is by um, – putting some kind of technology in you, and it's been, you know, history shows us, and there are definite court cases, you know, that are on file where people have been planted with chips and things like that, but now they have nanotechnology that allows this, um, this weapon to point at an individual and only go to that individual because you've got a sending and a receiving mechanism. So they put a receiver, so to speak, by virtue of this nanotechnology into the individual. So I said all that to say that it's very frustrating to try to take a meter, capture the frequency, data log it over a period of time to show patterns, then trace the frequencies back to it, you know, look it up on the FCC, who that frequency belongs to over a period of time, then and then try to then the bigger part tried to triangulate that and then trace that back to where it's coming from. The other school of thought is if you were to put an individual, and Melinda Kidder does this, in a in an environment that's completely free of any um, of any other types of frequencies, 
and she can only have enough of that just a little bit. So just finish your do you have a, want to finish your question or statement? Yes. And okay. she is able to take a meter and pick up frequencies coming from the person's body. What do you think about that as opposed to trying to identify, triangulate, and trace back the frequencies coming from the other direction? Is it my turn? Yes. Yeah, I'm familiar with the directing energy weapon system. Uh, I'm somewhat, I heard about them. I don't deal with them. I don't do them, of course, but I heard about them. And I'm sure they exist, because why not? Yeah, we have the ability to do it. Um, I understand the heavy metals issue, and if we have somebody who would say that they're invaded by the kind of heavy metals, that would be really interesting to examine, because now you have a reach, a source inside the body to react to it. And I understand the concept of somebody. Uh, um, um, bombarding a cross room that might affect you more than someone else for any number of reasons. I do understand uh, that have technology where you can have very, very tiny things running around your body that react to radio waves and chemicals or whatever. Um, once again, the issue is, and, and I don't do triangulation here, I think triangulation is probably a waste of time for no other reason uh, that they would have moved by that unless you have some kind of a here's some kind of a post where they have stuff built into it, but I'd rather determine that it's happening to them by some other. Okay. Um, I'd rather determine that it's happened to you uh, than determine where it's coming from. And if somebody is being bombarded with some other activating other heavy metals, that quite frankly, Tom, no effect would be wonderful to look at because because now you have a source and use of uh, uh, some kind of radiation. Um, okay. I'm going to stop here. I'm exhausted. I can't take any more. And my tape seems to not be working anyway. Uh, anybody still here? I know you're here, brother. All right. Good night. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.